Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond the million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. We're back with another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you all for joining us. Today, we learn about the first self-regulatory organization for the U.S. cannabis industry, the National Association of Cannabis Businesses. And here to tell us everything about it, because you hear organizations, different acronyms out there. What does this organization entail? We're going to learn about all of that and more with the business development manager, Ashley Manning, and vice president of sales and marketing for the NACB, Adrienne Youthy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you for, you for having, having us. Having us. Uh, my pleasure. So, Ashley, Adrian, well, let me go ahead and first of all go ahead and preface our audience and let them know about the mission of the National Association of Cannabis Businesses. It is to support the compliance, transparency, and growth of cannabis businesses in the U.S. Led by a team of government, legal, banking, and data security experts, the NACB helps member businesses establish voluntary national standards that address critical issues such as advertising and financial integrity. Licensed owners of a cannabis dispensary, grower, or any other ancillary business may apply to become a member. So take our listeners, either one who can start this question off, take us behind the motivation to put this organization together. Of course, and I think, and I think you just did a great job um, explaining exactly what we do, but to boil that down a little bit, really, really what our mission is to do is to shape cannabis into a safe, responsible, and ethical industry, right? We were very interested in um, public safety and consumer safety and also education. Um, our purpose is really to give a voice to cannabis businesses and to provide them with the tools to grow and thrive in the industry as well. Now, a recent announcement read that, quote, ensuring customer safety and earning customers' trust should be top priority. And this is what leads to establishing a loyal clientele. By upholding transparent and compliant best practices, your brand gains credibility, not just with consumer customers, excuse me, but with potential business partnerships, collaborations, and investors. In order to demonstrate transparency and authenticity, we have a rigorous vetting process for cannabis businesses and will not admit organizations if there is credible evidence of criminal convictions for crimes of dishonesty, such as tax and fraud evasion, crimes of moral turpitude, such as blackmail, kidnapping, and sexual assault, civil liability for dishonesty, misrepresentation of licensure, certification or educational history, and credible complaints of dishonest business practices. Also knowing, providing, knowingly providing false information in the application. That's a lot to go ahead and put in front of the kind of regulations then the kind of filters that you're putting in place to make sure that everybody that is part of your organization is on the level. How do you, how do you, is it, you plan and how are you executing this type of accountability and self-enforcement? Of course. So like you mentioned in the beginning, there's 
a plethora of different organizations, right? And, and the thing that makes us stand out, like you just mentioned as well, is the vetting process. Um, really what we wanna do is A, connect people to good players that are playing in the space, right? We wanna make sure that we're dealing with trustworthy people. Um, so what we do is we have a dedicated legal team that goes through all of these different bullet points and different vetting points um, to make sure that we are in fact playing with trustworthy people in the industry. Um, we think it's important. We, we also wanna encourage people to follow the higher standards. Um, but the thing that again, makes us very much separated from other industries is the fact that we do take vetting so, so important um, and seriously. Uh, we wanna make sure that everyone in the association is completely vetted and very trustworthy. So when they're networking within the space, um, they know uh, for a fact and they can feel comfortable knowing that the people that they are doing business with are, are trustworthy. Um, I know a lot of people use a lot of different networking resources, um, and we just want to be sure that we're one of the most trusted resources. Now, is this an ongoing manner that when once you have somebody that's brought into the fold, are they constantly monitored in the same case? So they're vetted um, when they are brought into the organization initially, and then we do yearly um, vetting processes as well, just to ensure that there's compliance. But we also... We also have a monitoring line where people can kind of reach out if they do see uh, a potential men, uh, member potentially breaching one of the, uh, the vetting processes or something, they can be transparent about that and we'll monitor that as well. Um, but again, it's, it's right when they come into the organization and then also on a yearly basis. Now, was there anything that, talk to me about how you put together the criteria that was necessary to go ahead and have somebody be able to go and become a member? Well, I think what we wanted to do is kind of capture all of the red flags that we kind of saw trending or that come up. Um, you see a lot of different things come up in the news um, and we just kind of wanted to be sure that we covered all of those different bases up front. Um, I think we also kind of wanted to look internally on ourselves and be like, what kind of people do we want to do business with? What kind of red flags would kind of turn us off? And um, we kind of put that all together in, in the criteria that we have today and it's, and it's been working pretty well for us. Now, are there any was there any communication that you had with any governing bodies, you know, say uh, for California Bureau of Business uh, Cannabis Control, the, the, the regulating bodies of each state, did you take into account, I guess, the kind of transparency compliance regulations that they had? And did you need to take it where it was at their level to, so it would be a constant standard? Or did you feel like you needed to raise that bar somewhat? We felt, well, it, it's, it's a little bit of both, right? We wanted to make sure, um, that we did raise the bar. I mean, that's the entire point of the organization that we do vet and that we are raising the bar here, um, both by our standards and our vetting process. Um, but we also didn't want to be completely exclusionary as well. Um, so we thought that what we have right now is, is a very nice, happy medium. It, it definitely raises the bar. It definitely, um, you know, brings out best in the industry, um, but it's also not too stringent to where, um, a huge portion of people wouldn't be able to to be a part of the association. Understood. And I guess, our, is there anything where you have those companies that might be just lacking what's required? Are there things that you do in order to help them reach that standard so they can be entered in? For sure. And so we do our initial vetting process, but we're very transparent with the, with the potential members as well. Um, we have a very open door policy too. So let's say for instance, something did come up, um, we're definitely open to have a conversation about it. It's, it's not like a, you know, you missed this mark and it's for sure a no. 
Um, we do like to have an open door policy. We do like to have full transparency and we do wanna be inclusive, um, but we also need to be firm on other boundaries as well. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, it, it is a very open door policy. So there is room to communicate about um, any potential red flags that have come up. Now down the line, are you looking to do anything where, I know that the, the US Hemp Authority has a thing now where in the hemp industry, they're trying to create certified seals. And when they're bringing people into the fold, they want to make sure that their products are stamped with a seal of approval from the hemp authority. Is that something similar that you're looking to do? Absolutely. Um, as far as the national standards go and the seal of approval, we're, we're not only speaking to licensed cannabis businesses and brands and ancillary companies, we're also speaking to consumers too. Um, Long-term goal is, is really to have consumers see the, the medallion on packaging um, and to know that they're dealing with a trustworthy brand. Uh, we do have some members that put our medallions on their packaging, which is great. Um, so we are very much attacking it from both the business side and the consumer side as well. You mentioned national standards, and I want to go ahead and talk about all those national standards in detail. So everybody's getting a good re uh, precursor exactly. So if they're looking to go ahead and enter into the National Association of Cannabis Businesses, we're letting you know here on Blunt Business with uh, Ashley Manning and Adrian Uthi about all of that. We're going to go into detail on those coming up after the break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Ashley Manning and Adrian Uthi from the National Association of Cannabis Businesses, NACB. Now, the NACB recently announced the adoption of national standards on laboratory testing. We're going to go through several standards here uh, during this segment. So let's talk about laboratory testing and product integrity. And before I start this off, 
Let me preface, I am really grateful that your organization is looking to do this because that's one of the things that's been a little bit inconsistent is anything with regards to compliance and regards to help. And there's organizations out there, but to find one that's going to be an end-all, be-all to help prop up the industry to make sure everything is up to snuff and that there's somebody that's also backing up and trying to put real almost like a, a like a just a union of fraternity if you will so that everybody is together on the same page and for those that are on together as a membership they're going to definitely try to hold everybody else accountable and hold themselves accountable which i think is very important across every state and what's necessary for legalization however it comes whether it's the state sector or some kind of a nationwide legalization somewhere to canada somewhere down the line now back to the national standards on laboratory testing and product integrity. They're designed to protect consumers and demonstrate to regulators and the public that the NACB members operate at the highest levels of ethics and responsibility, especially when it comes to the safety and quality of their products, including limits to permissible potency variances for THC and CBD, independence of labs from control and business interests of test subjects required accreditation for testing methodologies, verifiability of claims regarding contaminants and testing integrity and honesty of sampling procedures. Now, the overlying objective is what I was gonna ask about and talk to me about how you are looking to encourage and how you're able to encourage these standards across all your members and anybody coming in. Of course, so it's really, uh, people that we're working with, it's, it's not so much that we have, the good thing is that we don't, we don't have to enforce it that that harshly, right? The people that join us are already, before they come in, dedicated to higher standards. They want to stand out as a brand that follows higher standards. They want to stand out as a brand that has ethical practices, and they want to stand out as a brand that's being safe. And I think that that both is is an internal motivation, but it's also good for consumers to recognize them as well as as one of those ethical players. So. Um, I think to answer your question, we're kind of lucky in a sense that a lot of people that join us already have that motivation. It's they they deeply want to be seen as someone that's following higher standards, especially in this dynamic industry. If you had to pinpoint an idea of how how many companies are out there, or maybe say a percentage overall among all the adult use or medical use states. What's an idea of how many people might not be reaching that standard? And what would you, would there be anything that you would do in terms of an advocacy standpoint to help reach out to those companies to help them, if they're not going to be a member of NACB, that they at least should try to follow a certain standard? Or should that be relied upon the governing bodies to do that? We take a very grassroots approach with speaking to other states, talking to states like Oklahoma, Ohio, Pennsylvania and learning about what they are following and hearing them say that they're following the state regulations because that's what the state has mandated them to follow, but encouraging them that that's not enough to keep their company going. As they're growing as a company, the state regulators are coming in and enforcing higher regulations. And so we want them to be ready for those regulations so they don't have to remove products off the shelf. They don't have to lose their company just because the state decides they want to add a regulation. So we, that's why taking that higher standard is very, very important and uh, really just encouraging every company we talk to, whether it's through events, on the phone, no matter who it is, encouraging them is, is how I take it. 
when speaking yeah, to them. Yeah, of course. And, and really what we do too is throughout the process of gaining more membership and networking and connecting and creating these standards is we want to apply this information um, across multiple states, right? Um, we want everyone to be following a higher standard. I mean, we were just out in New York um, with Governor Cuomo discussing different legislation practices and what works and what potentially doesn't and how we can move the industry forward. Um, we really want to rely on and bring out the information that people that have been in this industry so long have. We really want to tap into that. We want to tap into the people that are knowledgeable, but we also want to tap into the contemporary minds of the industry too and kind of bridge the gap in between. Um, so of course, anyone that we talk to or any other association that we, we work with, we, we want to encourage them to follow higher standards that go beyond um, what their state may have in place. Um, because as Ashley said, some states have a lot of growing pains, some don't. Um, and it's really, it's really good to kind of define what works, what doesn't. And then we can just kind of apply that across the board and just learn from each other and what works best for the industry to move it forward in a safe and compliant way. Absolutely. And I just think that when I'm looking at the issues that are out there, to when you can't go and reach out to everybody and make them trying to say to a particular standard. Uh, one other thing I want to ask you about is because you're only making mentions of THC and CBD, but when you see other products that are going to be brought into the market where I know CB, CBN or CBC, CBG are some of the other uh, molecular structures that are going to be used in particular products. And there's a change obviously in the types of products that are out there in terms of mm -hmm. who knows what uh, edibles might be brought in or what kind of plants be brought in and what kind of uh, variations of products that are going to be created. Um, talk to me about how often you need to go ahead and just keep an eye on the changes that are going on within what companies and cultivators and dispensary uh, uh, dispensaries are able to go ahead and do in terms of changing up and shuffling their product and innovating mm -hmm. new products. Oh, we're constantly monitoring. It's not only it's not only coming from us and our own industry research. It's coming from our members too. Um, like I said, we have we have an extremely open door policy. Right? If you're struggling with something, bring it up. Um, if you're having wins or losses, bring it up. Uh, we'd like to listen to our membership. We want to know which growing pains they're going through. Um, that way we can monitor the industry better and address the different challenges that come up. I mean, that's, that's the kind of goal here, right? We want to move, we want to pivot, we want to stay relevant. Um, but we also, again, always want to keep the industry compliant and moving forward in a safe way. Um, so again, we not only monitor ourselves, but we very much listen to our membership too, and also follow what the industry is asking for as a whole. Now, let me move on to another important uh, set of standards that you have, national standards on security. So this really encompasses anything that's in the financial sense and uh, really just physical and personal security for those employees and for those that are customers coming into a store. Now, in the cannabis industry, you mentioned the vast majority of cash and product diversion is caused by internal actors. Though state regulations have comprehensive technical requirements for video and alarm systems, they lack strong requirements for policies and procedures that limit attempts by employees, visitors, and customers to divert product or catch, as well as those that try to surpass legal purchase limitations, otherwise known as looping. The NACB security standards are designed to protect consumers and demonstrate to regulators and the public that NACB members operate the highest levels of ethics and responsibility especially when it comes to the safety and quality of their products. So when you put this, these standards in place, talk to me about the response and feedback that you've gotten so far. Cause you know, I've known some dispensary owners that are not happy about the fact that they might get, you know, they might have a burglary in their 
at their dispensary, but then are the police really going to be, uh, are they going to be a bit hesitant to help actually out because of the fact that it's a cannabis dispensary? Some of the things that are being done where, you know, enforcement of their own personal security and then what law enforcement might provide, that might be a devil's advocate. What do you think? So, right. I mean, the, the security standards that you're talking about, they cover four different areas, right? They're talking about employee and visitor access control. They're talking about customer access control. They're talking about cash management and looping, like you mentioned, too. Um, I think, again, this, all of this can be rooted back to the fact that our membership, they're dedicated to functioning at a higher level of ethical responsibility. So I think, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be positively taken by every single person in the industry, right? There's going to be some people that potentially think it's too stringent. There's going to be some people that disagree with almost, you know, every single national standard that we have. But again, we we're very lucky in that members that reach out to us and want to join us are already dedicated to those fundamental principles in which we, in which we function upon. Um, so feedback, feedback has been mixed, but luckily again for us, um, we do have a collaboration process when we're forming these. So we do get the good feedback up front. We get the bad feedback up front. Um, we pivot, we adapt, and we come up with a final product that people do feel like it's something that they can actually follow um, and be held accountable to. Wonderful. So it's one of those things where I'm really concerned about because now there's also the, the part on security when it comes to the financial. And I want to talk about that coming up after the break. I'm here again with the National Association of Cannabis Businesses their business development manager, Ashley Manning, their VP of sales and marketing, Adrian Uthi. Be back with both here in just a moment with more Blunt Business. Stay with us. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome Try to Cannabis Comp. Okay, <laughs> you got me again. All right. <laughs> you, again. you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know the one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him, think that's the point Download 
wouldn't play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions for Adrian Uthi and Ashley Manning of the National Association of Cannabis Businesses. MarketWatch reported on a meeting where cannabis industry members voiced support for a bill that would protect banks that ain't to serve the sector, as one industry veteran told a Senate panel, that not having a bank forced him to pay a $3 million tax bill in cash. The bill we're talking about is the Secure and Fair Enforcement Act, the SAFE Act, the Safe Banking Act, which would allow banks to serve the cannabis industry without fear of federal punishment. John Lord is the, the owner and CEO of Colorado-based Live Well and Light and Health. He said he once rented out a former bank that had a vault in order to store his cannabis company's cash. Another time he said he had, quote, no choice but to go to the local IRS office with more than $3 million in cash to pay federal taxes. That's ridiculous. End quote. Tom Alaska, he's director of legal and strategic initiatives at the NACB. He said it was, quote unquote, disheartening to see such little GOP res- representation, but he expressed the hope that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Republican uh, senator from Kentucky, would be still convinced to bring the Safe Banking Act to the Senate floor. It has passed the House. We're still waiting to see what's going on with the Senate. Talk to me about the conversations that your team has had with any congressional officials, any politicians in terms of trying to move forward with the Safe Banking Act. Well, I think for us, I mean, especially even if you're outside the industry, right, I think you're going to hear a lot of these crazy stories of people having to like fill armored trucks of all of their cash that they've gained from the day and take it to the bank and et cetera. I mean, literally the stories that you hear are crazy. But I think all of us are kind of on the same page here is that we want to be able to function like the strong and ethical industry that we are. We, we want to be able to take out loans. We want to be able to build. We want to be able to expand in the way that other businesses are able to do. And unfortunately, right now, we aren't allotted that luxury. But we are working tirelessly to do that. And I think this act is, is a good step forward. Um, I, hope, I hope that it works out for us in the end. Um, I do. I do feel optimistic about it. Um, but again, like Ashley mentioned, as far as our organization is con- concerned, we do take a very grass uh, risk approach, which is why we meet with different uh, governors and different state representatives and legislators. I mean, we've been out in Utah, we've been out in New York, we're going to Wisconsin, um, we're in Arizona, we're in California. I mean, we're everywhere. We're partnering with other associations. We, we want to reach as many people as we possibly can on a grass risk level because we really feel like that's the way that's going to bring us forward and not only bring us forward but also learn from each other right i mean you have all of these different people in the industry you have people that have been doing this for years and years and years and you have people that have just come in um and there's amazing people on both sides but it's really bridging the gap that's going to move the industry forward in a safe way and we really find that taking a grassroots approach is allowing us to do that. I really do, do appreciate what you're offering to go and help with the industry. And I know there's a lot of interests out there, but again, it's just a matter of trying to get an understanding and to kind of help listeners uh, like ours on Blunt Business to get their heads wrapped around uh, the real importance. So I really, both of you, I really appreciate you taking some time to go ahead and clarify things for us. 
for those that might not be aware. So the website they're going to send people to is nacb.com. If they, when they go there, if there is a business owner or someone that, uh, first of all, tell me the type of people that can apply for membership and what they should be expecting once they go ahead and try to sign up, uh, what, they're, what they'll be required to do as a yearly member. I can touch base on, on that. Uh, so anybody who's a licensed cannabis business within any part of the supply chain, ancillary companies, industry professionals, other associations, and uh, anybody who wants to get involved in the industry. I always, people say it's the people you associate with. Well, having the right association is going to matter. And so I encourage anybody wanting to get into this industry to come to our organization. Take we have an educational platform as well, um, as well as a platform of benefits that would be useful for anybody. Even if you're not even in cannabis, you could use our benefits. Uh, our application process is applying, and it's about a 10 to 14 day vetting process that we go through. Once approved, they get a welcome kit with further instructions on how to access our online B2B portal and all, all of our other benefits. And then we can start moving forward with including them in our standard governance board with our drafting of the standards we're working on. Right now, we're working on the infused product standards. So if they consider themselves an expert in that field, we could add them to our standard governance board and have input taken from them as we draft those infused product standards. How our process goes, it's very simple. Okay. Now, just real quickly also, um, besides the fact that you have people that can go to your members, uh, go and join and, and see you on uh, at your website, nacv.com. Uh, how often are people, are you, um, how visible are you, I guess, in the space? I mean, do you frequent a lot of different trade shows? Are you uh, representative at a lot of trade shows? Do we expect, uh, are there a lot of events that you hold at any point um, right now? I didn't get a chance to really get the full overview, but please fill us in. Uh, well, okay. We get the grassroots approach, um, you know, is us one by one speaking to companies, going to events, primarily networking events or exposed trade shows. We uh, currently are in Boston, Chicago, California, all over any event across the country. And so that's, that's where our presence primarily is. Will there be any particular point where you'll have, say, uh, regional or state chapters things like that. Will there be any kind of micromanaging from a state level at some point? Would say right now not. we're not. Yeah, we're not really concerned about that right now. We are we are the National Association of Cannabis Businesses, right? So we kind of want to bring the best and the brightest from all of the different states. Um, okay. instead, instead of having um, sort of a micro approach, we, we much more prefer the macro approach. Um, but yet yeah, to continue on what Ashley said, um, like she mentioned, um, we have you know, NACB representation, um, almost in every single state. And as far as an employee standpoint, we're, we're in multiple states as well. Um, I know for myself, um, there was a point in time this summer where I was gone almost every single week, and that stands for our CEO as well. Um, Ashley's been hitting the road as much as possible. Um, so we very much like to get out as, as, as much as we can. Um, but we also like to partner with different, with different media outlets too. I mean, Ashley and I were just quoted in a and a new magazine launch, which is really, really cool. And we're so thankful to be a part of that. Um, so we also wanna send a quick congrats to CRX Magazine on their launch. Um, we did an article about uh, not so standard education for bud tenders. Um, so mm -hmm. again, not only are we just hitting the roads and talking to as many people as we can, but we're also speaking with different media outlets and different, um, 
government associations as well. The organization is only just a little over two years old and you're making headway. And that's why we had to bring you on Blunt Business. And we're so glad to have you on. And, you know, please keep in touch with us. Any new announcements come along, we'd love to be able to bring you back on uh, whenever anything else comes up. And, you know, let people continue to learn more about the NACB. You're doing yeoman's work. Thank you for making time to join us. Thank you. Thank so you for much. your time today, Brasco. Oh, thank you, Ashley, and thank you, Adrian. Uh, again, listeners, I hope you get a chance to go ahead and learn more about this. Again, it's NACB.com. Thank you all for joining us here for another edition of Blunt Business. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com, which hosts our show. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.